Hello, this is Cody Sturge with the pastor at Joy Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily. This is a radio ministry, podcast ministry of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. We're thankful that you've tuned in today as we're preaching through God's Word. We're praying God's Word will speak to your heart as it's preached and taught from the pulpit of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. We see here in this passage of Scripture whether Mordecai from this point previously has had a a backbone to stand up for the cause of Christ and live for the glory of God. Now has come the time in Mordecai's life where Mordecai is determined with God's help that he's going to do what's right. And when Haman requires that all the people of the nation bow and give reverence, worship him, Mordecai says, that's enough, not me. He's not going to, I'm not going to worship some man. I'm not going to worship some ruler. I'm not going to worship anybody other than my God. And we see here in this passage of scripture, Mordecai makes this determination not to bow down to Haman. Tonight's message is titled just that, Mordecai bowed not, nor did he reverence. Mordecai bowed not, nor did he reverence, or did him reverence. And we see here, Mordecai takes a stand and Rightfully so. I love to see when God's people take a stand for what's right. I don't love to see when God's people take a stand for what's right with a rotten, sarcastic, mean-spirited attitude. But I do like it when people in faith determine to do what's right, to stand for God, to stand for his glory, and love people anyway, but stand up, stand up for Jesus. And I want to challenge you at this moment in your life, determine in your heart that you're going to stand up, stand up for Jesus. Now, I'll just tell you something. In this passage of Scripture, in this chapter, the worst nightmare of a person that's standing for God is going to happen and take place in Mordecai's life. At the end of this chapter, at the beginning of this chapter, we see him standing up for Jesus. At the beginning of chapter number four, we see him on his face in sackcloth and ashes, mourning because his stance, it appears that his stance for God is going to cost all the Jews their lives that are under the jurisdiction and reign of Ahasuerus. But I want you to know something. We'll see God prove himself in a mighty way. Tonight's message, three points. Number one, Haman. Haman, I want to call him Haman the Horrible because he is horrible. Point number two, Mordecai, maybe we should call it Mordecai the man, because he's quite the man. And finally, God, God. I'm so thankful. And when we determine to take a stand for God and his glory, we're not left standing alone. God is with us. And we'll see the Lord do a mighty work here. The majority of this text is about Haman the horrible. And we'll just begin here in verse number one and talk about him and work our way through this passage of scripture. But I want to remind you, Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Let's consider, can start here in verse number one. The Bible says, after these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advance him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. It's kind of interesting that God gives us this specific detail about who Haman is. 
Now, Haman, the Bible says, is the son of this man, uh, Hamadatha, and he is an Agagite. Now, that is of some importance to us because King Agag was the king of the Amalekites. The Amalekites were the sworn enemies of God and God's people. And actually, God had commissioned and commanded that Saul utterly destroy all of the Amalekites. And we have this passage of scripture and a lot of connections. And so here we have Haman, who is the son of an Agathite and an Agathite himself, and one of the sworn enemies of God's people. And we're going to see Haman now is promoted to a place of prominence, a place of prestige, but it won't take long for us to understand that Haman is a snake in the grass. Look at the Bible says in verse 2, the Bible says, all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman. For the king had so commanded concerning him, but Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Now, everybody's bowing to Haman, but Mordecai says, I'm not going to worship some other man. At this moment, we see Mordecai begin to take on this attitude of like one of the Hebrew boys, Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, who would not bow. When everybody else was bowing, they wouldn't bow. And Mordecai said, it's high time I took a stand for the glory of God. To this point, we don't have reference that and, and understanding that anybody knew that Esther or Mordecai were Jews. But now it's going to come out and Mordecai is going to have enough. He says, you know what? I may have been hiding in the shadows for a season, but I'm going to take a stand for God right now. I like the spirit. And I want to remind you of something. You may have been hiding in the shadows for the first 20 years of your life. Come out for God and stand up for his glory. Now's the time. You may have been hiding in the shadows for 50 years. Now's the time to stand up, stand up for Jesus. Mordecai is going to take a stand and he'll be counted with people, great servants of God, just like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I like it. Mordecai is not going to bow. The Bible says, verse number three, then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, why transgressest thou the king's commandment? Why are you doing this? The Bible says in verse 4, Now it came to pass when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai matters, whether Mordecai's matters would stand. For he had told them that he was a Jew. They pressured him every day. Why are you not standing? Why are you not bowing to Haman? Why are, every day, why are you not bowing to Haman? Why are you not, I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. He says, I'm a Jew. I'm, what, he, what was he saying? He says, he says, I'm a son of the most high God. My father's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm a Jew. I'm not going to live like that. And I can't have other gods before me. I'm a Jew. And so the guys that have been at the gate questioned Mordecai's failure to bow to Haman every day. They take this matter before Haman. Haman to this point has not seen it. He's not seen this man not bowing. But they take this matter to Haman. They want to see whether or not Mordecai's argument, I'm a Jew, will stand. I'll just have you know it won't. Haman's getting ready to be really upset. Verse 5. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. Now, what was Haman's response? Now, this is one of our first real introductions to the spirit of this man, Haman. He was full of of wrath. Haman's the kind of guy that's so full of pride that he can't stand the thoughts of someone, some peon, not bowing to him. 
The Bible says a wise man passes over foolish behavior by certain people. And we have this idea and we have, should have the spirit that says, you know what? I'm not going to get down in the dirt and, and crawl around with people who are dirty and filthy. Uh, and so Haman's spirit should have been different, but Haman was so full of wrath because Mordecai would not bow to him that he has a plan. Verse number six, look what it says. And the Bible says he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. He said, huh. I'll tell you what, it would be foolish, this Jew, it would be so scornful of me to just simply punish Mordecai when I can punish every Jew. See, he thought it scored to lay hands on Mordecai alone. The Bible says, for they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom, and Ahasuerus kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. What's Ahasuerus want to do? He says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm not just going to punish Mordecai. I'm going to punish all of his people. All the Jews in the kingdom of Ahasuerus are going to fear me and hate me and die. The Bible says in verse 7, in the first month, that is the month Nisan, in the twelfth year the king of king Ahasuerus, they cast purr that is the lot before Haman from day to day and from month to month to the twelfth month, that is the month Adar. Verse number eight. I'm coming back to verse number seven a little bit. Verse number eight. And Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, There's a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all people, neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. Now, here's Haman says, all right, Mr. Ahasuerus. He says, oh, you know, there's a group of people in your kingdom, and they are of no profit to you. They don't have the same laws as you. They don't have the same principles as you. It is no profit for you to keep them, to suffer them, to be here. And here's what I want to do, verse 9. He says, if it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it unto Haman and the son of Hamadeth, the Agagite, the Jew's enemy. The king said unto Haman, the silver is given to thee, the people also to do with them as it seemeth good to thee. Now Haman's come with this plan and Ahasuerus does a very foolish thing. There's a proverb, it's proverb chapter number 18 and verse number 13. And it basically says that it's a foolish thing to answer before you hear a matter. And Ahasuerus, like a fool, just says, Haman, you do whatever you want to do. If you want to destroy a bunch of people on a certain day, you go for it, buddy. Here's my ring. Haman, you can see, he offers to pay out of his own pocket a great sum of money to cover this, but the king says, I oh, don't worry about it. The, the money's yours. The personnel are yours. Go do what pleases you. I want you to see what's in the heart of Haman to do. Verse number 12, the Bible says, Then were the king's scribes called on the 13th day of the first month. And there was written according to all that Haman had commanded unto the king's lieutenants and to the governors that were over every province and to the rulers of every people after their language. In the name of King Ahasuerus was it written and sealed with the king's ring. And the Bible says in verse 13, the letters were sent by posts into all the king's provinces Here's what the letter says, to destroy, to kill, 
and to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women in one day, even upon the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month Adar, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. When the letters dispersed, there's almost a year of advanced warning. In about 12 months on this day, the month of Adar, every Jew, child, woman, every Jew is to be put to death by order of King Ahasuerus. The Bible says in verse 14, the copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people that they should be ready against that day. The post went out being hastened by the king's commandment and the decree was given in Shushan the palace. The Bible says, And the king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Shushan was perplexed. What an ugly picture of the nature of this person. He's just sent a letter all over the country that all the Jews, women, children alike, are to be put to death. And him and the king kick back in the palace and drink together on that night. When I see Haman, I see a man that is evil. I see a person that is full of hate and scorn. I see a person I can, can't see past the end of his nose. I see a person that the devil wants to use in a big way. I see a person that's very fearful. I, should, I mean people around him fear him. But I also see a man that's going to be utterly defeated by the power of God. And I'm reminded that even though there's seasons in our Christian lives where it seems like evil and wicked men are on the rise and winning the fight and winning the war and winning the battles, I'll remind you of something. God gives the victory. Victory is ours. Victory is, the ch- is for the child of God. And by no means should we allow a wicked Haman in our lives to cause us to fear and bow to the pushes of our society to choose the world instead of God. Haman the horrible. Haman the horrible. The more we read about Haman, I hope, the more you dislike him. He's bad. Haman. Number two, Mordecai. Thank you for listening today to Keep Thy Heart Daily. This is a ministry of faith of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. For more Bible preaching, visit us at chilhoweebaptistchurch.com or download our app wherever you get your apps, Chilhowee Baptist Church. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day.